Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach Jake, is here in the house. We talk hoops, life, mental toughness, the mental side of the game. Let's dive right in with Coach Jake. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, with here with Coach Jake Rouseback. What's up, Jake the Snake? Uh, what's up, man? Thanks so much for having me. Man, thank you for being on. Hey, Jake, let's dive right in with my listeners. Um, absolutely love your website. I love your IG page. I mean, basically everything that you're teaching these athletes is like everything I like tell my son, my youth program. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, how did you get involved in what you're doing? And can you please give some information to my listeners of what you actually do? Absolutely. So I'll give you the, the short version because it's long and windy, but basically when I was a kid, I had a real serious injury and it affected me in the mental and emotional, physical level. And I tried everything. My great parents, they took me everywhere. They took me to doctors and, psychologists and all types of stuff and nothing really helped me right so it was real serious um, and all it it, it, it culminated uh, uh, really uh, on the court and it didn't allow me as I got older it culminated on the court and didn't allow me to play so I had injuries that um, basically manifested so long story short I had to go on an exploration to find things that really helped me feel better just forget about basketball and performance but just feel better so you know I literally tried everything meditation uh, uh energy medicine, Chinese medicine, chiropractic, massage, a Reiki, like stuff that sits way outside the box for many people. And even back, which is, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, it was way outside the box. So um, so basically I, I kind of devised this process that helped me feel better, and I realized once I got better, it could help my game improve. Um, and as a coach now, I, I've kind of turned that process around. Obviously, I've gone back to get formal education, a couple masters and, st- and certifications and stuff, but... Now I teach and coach to, you know, when I've been coaching professional in college level and, and uh, um, when I consult for, for NBA players and, and players of all levels, I, I use this process uh, from the mental side to really improve performance. So it's really what, it, if you break it down, it's results-based mindfulness is the way I like to call it. So, yeah, man, I appreciate that. And in, in, in a nutshell, that's kind of my story. Wow. I love that. Now, what was your injury? By the way, mine was back surgery. Yeah. I had two back surgeries at by twenty. Yeah, so so I can relate, man. I really can. Like, uh, and that's a that's a penultimate uh, time period in, in one's life, obviously, right? That's like teenage years and uh, dreams, or kind of some dreams are made and, and crushed. That right? So, um, my my injury was a sort of a crazy, like 
disease when I was three, and, and, and I had a week-long fever, and I basically had a brain injury. I affected my brain. And so off of that, like, you know, if it affects your brain, it can affect multiple levels of your, your body and your emotional state and your mind. And so that's what it did. Um, um, but, you know, uh, so luckily in my case, um, it was it was reversible and healable, and um, I'm super grateful for that. But it, it really put me on a healing journey and a discovery thing, you know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, so who was your biggest influence in basketball? Was it your parents? Was it a coach? A friend? Great question. Um, that's a great question. I don't know. Um, I know I grew up in Chapel Hill in North Carolina, so, you know, I kind of had to like basketball growing up in Tar Hill and, and ACC country. Right. Um, I, you know, I... I just got the bug early, and, and um, I know the, the players that I loved, I loved were Michael Jordan, Pistol Pete Maravich, oh, for yeah. the creativity, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then J Jason Williams later on, but I, you know, I was kind of heading to, to later in high school, so just the creativity and the, you know, um, uh, just the killer instinct that obviously that, that Mike had and still has as, a, as an executive now, um, I, those are the guys that just really, you know, really turned me on to... to so being able to, to hone my craft on the court, you know? Oh, man, I love I love that, especially the white chocolate. Love that. Um, yeah. You touched on um, Michael Jordan really quick with um, his killer instinct. Um, and absolutely, I, I'm 100% agree with that. You know, I'm a huge Jordan fan. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think his take on the whole load management? You get paid to play 82 games. And I totally agree. I'm super old school. I mean, my son broke his foot without 10 weeks. And we are like, as soon as he was back, I was like, all right, dude, we're running. We're doing push-ups. We're doing squats. We He's got a Dr. Dish gun. I'm like, let's go, dude. We got our, we got, we got to get up 300 shots. We got to shoot at least 50%. Let's go. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, this is, this is it. Let's go. Like, we're, we're back on the horse. There's, there's no, you know, load management. Like, I get like. AAU kills kids with like playing a ton of games and I'm not like that, but I'm all about the process. So I'm like, we're doing, we're getting back into conditioning. We're getting back into strength training and we're definitely getting back into shooting because that's our forte. Mm -hmm. So how, what do you think about Jordan's uh, take on that whole load management comment? So I think, I think Jordan has the luxury. And again, I, this is just my humble opinion. that has the luxury of being the best player of all time and uh, best, let's say it, very modestly speaking, and so I think it's hard. Um, I think it's hard to relate sometimes to other people who are not that good and don't don't approach their craft the way he did. Um, I think it obviously worked for him, but it doesn't always work for everybody, right? You can't you can't just approach some some guys need and girls need the time uh, to not not. Um, to be more aware of their body, more aware of their, their well-being, and, and not put in all the hours um, and all the wear and tear on the body. And, and, and honestly, like, you have, the, you have the one school of thought where you just go get it done and you're, you're, uh, you just don't load manage, and then you have the other school of thought, which I'm more acting more in the second case, where you do, t you do take the time, if you're getting the signs from your mind, body, and, and you're, not, uh, you're not either performing up to, to snuff or you're just you need some time, then take the time because over the long run, um, 
when you do put your time in on the court and in training, you're going to do so at 100% and not like 85% because you got, you know, nicks and bumps and your focus isn't there and you're worn out mentally. You know, I, I was a guy growing up where I'd be out there practicing four hours a day and I thought that was the way to do it. But like, as I've gotten older and I've seen, I've coached different players and seen like best practices, I really, truly am a firm believer that um, uh, whether it's load managing in terms of practice or load managing in terms of games, if you're able to um, uh, put in time, uh, uh, a short amount of time, but go at a thousand percent as opposed to maybe holding back a little bit, I, in my humble opinion, I think that's the best way to go over the long term, for the long term. No, I, I, I 100% agree. Like my son and I will get on our, we'll get on our doctor, doctor dish, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And him and I both will shoot on it. And I just tore my Achilles tendon. I'm, I'm literally seven months out. So now I can. Oh man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> excuse me. I said, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, man, I am. You know, basketball is, uh, it's a brutal sport. I'll tell you that, you know, I've had two back surgeries because of basketball and, uh, now I have had a Achilles tendon and, um, and that's okay. Cause you know, when when you're truly passionate about something, and you truly, truly love something, you give it a thousand percent no matter what. Absolutely. So I love this game. I, I you know, at, at at there was a moment when I had my first back surgery. <clears throat> I almost resented the game. I actually, I I think I might have almost hated it at one point. Um, because I didn't have an identity other than basketball. And that was something I knew I was great at. Not good, but I was great. And when it was taken away from me, I was almost like a lost soul. Like I didn't know what to do or what to be. Um, but that was good because I learned to grow from that and I learned to become my own self without it. Uh, I learned to be a nicer and kinder person and now when it's when I know it can be taken away from you, like it was taken away from me almost, you know, eight months ago because of my, my uh, Achilles, um, you learn to adapt and you, you learn to uh, be creative in what you have to teach and what you have to do to your body to, to heal. Um, so you, you just, you embrace it and you honor it and you just think, it, you know, you just go, this is life and this is okay. And there's people that are in, way worse situations than you so just thank god for the abilities and and what you have to offer life and basically don't give two shits about what people think of you absolutely so i love it that's the way i walk in my shoes every day so yeah you know him and i get on our doctor dish we shoot um and it's it's fun you know i yeah i can't jump as high as I want to and I can't load off of it as much as I want right now but just getting out there with him and, and be able to rip left rip right you know wonderful pull rip back whatever it is whatever actions we're working on it it's a lot of fun I love it but yes work work hard I, I think 60 to 90 minutes is enough I don't think you need to go four hours it's, that's insane yeah 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 it was so it's you know I've been I, yeah it's I've I've experienced both as a player, and I've experienced I've seen players that have done that, and, and then players that have, that have kind of just been like oh, I'm gonna get in an hour, hour and a half, you know, whether it be in high school, college, and at the pro level, guys don't, you know, guys are need to they kind of naturally load manage. They're not gonna be in the gym even in the off season. 
you know, generally, if you're not, unless you're Kobe Bryant, you're not going to be in the gym like for eight hours a day. You're going to take your time, um, put an hour there, here and there, and really take care of your body. And I think that's the best best practice way for doing it. Oh, I I agree. I I 100% agree with that. You know, I love it. Like I I'm a huge fitness guy. I love I love working out. I love doing. Um, you know, sometimes we do really heavy weights. Sometimes we do really light weights. Like today, I was in the gym, and me and my buddy, we did. It was literally a body workout. So it was a lot of push ups, a lot of pull ups, um, and the same thing. It's like you don't need to be in there three hours. If you can push for seventy minutes, maybe seventy five minutes, you you're good. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this: What are the three important levels that a player need to hit to become a great player? Can you can you say the last part? I didn't uh, I didn't catch it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what are the three important levels that a player needs to hit to become a great player? Great question. So, so again, like um, I really think the biggest. Uh, uh, omission and gap within the player development market right now and, and player development model is the, the, the mind is not really discussed and even you know two three steps past that the unconscious mind or the muscle memory is not really discussed not discussed uh, oh 99 percent 99 times out of 100 um, it's not even like it's not even talked about so what do I mean by that so like I give you an example You've got, we've all seen those players that shoot a million jump shots. You can say a Steph Curry and they make shots. They're great shooters. Then you have another shooter, for instance, who does the same thing. He takes a million jump shots in his life. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, he's not able to make shots in games consistently, right? So, like, what, what's the rub there? Well, what I'm finding is, you know, in that player's past, maybe there were five games in high school and a game in college, and say this is a pro, um, a couple games in AAU when, when he was a kid, that he had horrible games, and they lingered with him on the deep, deep subconscious psyche level, right? And that stuff is not addressed and resolved. Then that can put players to shoot another two million shots. But most likely, what's, what's going to happen is he's not going to be able to improve to the levels he otherwise could have by resolving that deep muscle memory stuff. So the three levels are: you obviously got to get your skill sets in, right? Your on-court work, but you also have to work with the mental, emotional level, and then thirdly, the energetic level. And that's where the muscle memory resides. So if you can combine that and, and put together processes and tools to really improve both, all three of those levels like at the same time, then that's the time. That's when I see players can really take off exponentially with on-court stats and on-court improvement. Wow, man. I like that. Now, let me ask you this. My son is very much a head case. He will get in his head. He's really? A, he is a great shooter, not just because he's my son, but he he really works on it. You know, he mm -hmm. really truly works on his craft of shooting, and so he may he may get in a game and he like there was one game he hit six out of ten threes. Wow! Like on fire, yeah, like you know, and that was a couple weeks ago, but right before his injury. Um, mm -hmm. and then this past weekend, I think he hit, oh my gosh, I, I want to say he hit four out of five threes wow. or maybe five out of five or five out of six, excuse me. 
and he ended up with 20 points. He 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 played a great game. But there are games where he has missed four three-pointers, maybe a mid-range. And then yep. he'll we'll call timeout. We're, and it's not a timeout about that. It's a timeout about something else. And he'll look right at me and he's like, hey, man, I'm not going to shoot anymore. I'm just going to distribute the ball. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep shooting, man. You're the shooter. Like, what if you hit the next four or the next yep. five? Like, you don't even know. Get to yep. the cup. Get get fouled. Maybe shoot a free throw. And then all of a sudden you're, like, back in the game. Like, as a dad, I can talk to him and tell him these things. And he's just like, dude, I, I hear you all day long. Like, what do you tell those players? So th- that's pretty commonplace. And, and it's, I'm, um, I'm happy you brought that up because uh, players will uh, basically go through this a lot, right? inconsistency piece and so the way I approach that with players is um, again it's so what I do is I put together programs high performance mindfulness results based mindfulness programs so you kind of have to start from the bare basics foundations and what that means is you know sitting down with players off the court and basically clear on eliminating stuff that's keeping them inconsistent from game to game like your son like um, they're been in bad games just a Whoa, 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 say it again, say it again, you broke up. Sorry, I said, um, for example, like your son's case, and players that go through this inconsistency, like two games, you shoot the lights out, and then you know, the next game or two, he might struggle. Like, the reason that generally happens is, again, you're going back to the, the muscle memory, deep psyche, there's stuff there that's probably not allowing uh, uh, your son or players like him to be consistent from game to game to game. And so the way you approach that is, uh, uh, you get off the court with like off court, basically mindfulness sessions, and basically clear the thoughts, emotions, feelings out from uh, uh, from those experiences in the past. So when he he, got, he is in the game and he is on the bench, and he's like, "Man, I'm not making shots." He can make that shift quickly by by implementing the skill sets, like the mental focusing skill sets he would have already learned to do so in the game. So it's almost like a double whammy. You're dealing with muscle memory, and the subconscious, and the off court sessions. And he's also learning, um, like, the, the conscious mental focus techniques. So if you are going over for 5, which does happen, uh, or for 10, then, then you, you ground or focus back in. And for me as a coach, when I'm on a coaching staff or I'm consulting, I'm able to do this in the game. I'm able to touch a player in the game like that. I'm like, look, man, just go back for your, your focusing routines. You miss 5, it's all good. Go right back to what you know how you do, and uh, uh, you'll get back on track. So that's the way I kind of try to approach it. Okay. Um, all right. I like that. I think you're going to have to talk off air with me and get with my son because I really like that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. What, what What do you do? So I know on your website and in your testimonials on your IG, um, there's coaches that talk about it and you work with coaches. So like as a coach, I am a coach, not, not a podcaster right now, podcast host. Mm-hmm. How would how, what would you tell me to benefit my group of thirteen year old boys, which my son is a part of, um, to shift to being more positive on the mental and, and focus side versus like you know I when when like let's say for instance a kid hits a double crossover, hunts the paint, um, and let's say he stopped short and threw a floater up, he missed it. Or he might have um, looked one way and, and threw a a uh, 
a pass straight ahead and it got stolen, right? Where I'm like, like I'll look at him and go, okay, okay. Like as as that plays over and then there's like a dead ball, I'm like, yo, look, dude. I'm like, what you need to do is next time maybe throw a bounce pass or maybe take one extra dribble or one extra step and get to the cup, use the backboard. Like I try to teach it in a positive way. So I, I try to tell them, okay, I get what you were trying to do, but if you did this, you would have saw success because we slow the game down as adults. Whereas kids at 13, they might, there's few kids that slow the game down at 13. And those are the five-star athletes. Um, yep. So what would you tell me as a coach, how to approach these kids in a positive way? Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job. And it's, you know, I'm a firm believer in being, I mean, sports is results-based, and as you go up, you know, it gets even more results-based, right? But um, it, So it's important to hold kids accountable, but um, it sounds like, you know, you're already being super positive, and that's how I am. I don't coach out of fear. I coach out of love. And, um, you know, I, what I would tell you is there's not much I'm going to tell you. I would, I would just share with you processes to help your kids. So I'd be like, look, you know, you, from my experience, you can, you can, you can tell coaches and share coaches stuff and, and, and you tell, uh, play, share coach players and, and coach coaches. Uh, but it's really important to do the preparation for it first. You do the legwork first and share the processes with you. So like, for instance, maybe I'll share with you three techniques that have helped players when they make turnovers right? so that you've already taught your players that. So when you get in, you get in situations like that, and maybe when your player throws a bounce pass and you should have thrown an overhead or a lot pass, then you're just going to go back because you've already trained the kid on how to do it. Just remind him because he's going to already have trained up on that as well. So it's like it really goes back to processes, preparations, and systems as opposed to kind of sharing like nuggets of wisdom. I'm not a big – I'm not a big fan of just like, you know, the guru thing where you just share stuff and it's going to, it's a one solution for everybody. I think a system and a, and a process is very important for everything. Yeah. Cause I, I hate when a kid, like, like you said, he hunts a paint, he throws the hook pass. Well, the hook pass wasn't there. It was a cross court hook pass, not like a shorter hook pass. Yep. And then they, they, they hang their head down for like one, 1000, but the play's already going, going the other way. And I'm like mm-hmm. screaming, like, get back like like and i look at them like hey dude i get it we're human nobody's perfect like but if you throw a bad a bad pass or you shoot a bad shot you just got to get back on d don't hang your head down for a second just get back get back and make it up and that's all good like i sometimes i'm just like oh my gosh what do i have to tell these players off the court to realize don't hang your head because you went for the no look pass, you went for the hook pass, you went for the floater, and, and it was just off right, really bad. Like instead yeah. of taking, you know, I hate I the just, hanging of the head for a second. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, there's a, there's a thing called like uh, uh, like next like next play basically is a philosophy, right? So next play speed or how fast can can you as the player, the kid, go from a mistake to the next play? Like pros can do it. By a snap of a finger. Even most pros can't do it, but the really, really good ones and the really, really good college players can do it just like that, right? But uh, so if you can do that in about a second, second and a half, that's pretty good next play speed, right? Um, so th- those, that's something to kind of like, again, you'd have to plant that seed 
uh, prior to being in the game so that you have like a, a coaching principle to go back to. But that's one thing that I would probably uh, share is that you just, you know, you plant the process beforehand so that when there are mistakes, you're really training the behavior as opposed to coaching the, the symptom, which is the turnover, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because the turnover is, it's, it's non-existent. It's okay. Like, yeah, you, you, you can expect a group of boys or a group of girls, whatever, doesn't matter. You just can't expect a group to get on the court and be completely perfect. I don't know who's been completely perfect ever in their entire career of basketball. No one, no one's Absolutely. perfect. I mean, the only person that, to me, the only person that is perfect is God. So yep. how, how can you be God? So even if you scored 40 points, 20 rebounds, 15 assists, you were still not perfect. There was something that somebody can pick out that was a flaw in your game. Am I, am I right or wrong? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So that's what I always tell kids all the time. I'm like, you, you can't be perfect. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can be perfect. So just, just get back. It's okay. You know, and, and God knows I, I've i never been perfect. I mean, I've had two back surgeries and Achilles tendon torn. So <laughs> definitely not perfect, you know. Let me, Absolutely, let me ask, we're not. Excuse me? I said we're, we're all not perfect. We're just trying, all trying to do our best. Exactly, yes. Let me ask you this. What's the social media preference on you? I mean, to me, it's super negative. Um, kids definitely can lash out and hide behind their words and be cowards like that. It's definitely not the way you and I grew up, whereas someone wants to talk mess, hey man, we're we're gonna duke it out and and you know, and you you might get your ass kicked, you might not. And that's how you handle stuff. Now people are really violent with their words and whatever, dude. I, I look at that and I shine that. But kids nowadays, man that word thing, man, that just hurts them. What do you think about social media with them? Yeah, I think it's, it's um, so I look at it in two ways. It can either be beneficial, it can be hurtful. I think generally if, if you're not disciplined about social media, you're not disciplined of, uh, and have a discerning eye of how you're digesting it, it's generally going to be pretty negative. Um, because, you know, general social media, and this is not only for 13-year-olds and high school kids, but this goes all the way up to college kids and pros, right? So they might not admit it when they get older, but it, you know, it's the same sort of dynamic. Um, I think generally social media is, is very about me, 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 right? It's not very selfless. It's, it's, it's more about, you know, building. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just, it doesn't, there's not a whole, generally there's not a whole lot of service going on. Um, but there are, there are outlets, so, so then you have that leads to basically kids, uh, I, as you alluded to and mentioned, uh, kids being um, feeling bad about themselves because they see some perfect life from, in some other social media profile, which is you know generally not even the case going on. It's just the fake stuff that's being put out there. Right? That's generally how it works. Now, I think when, uh, so when kids are able to and when people are able to share uh, things that, are to, that help other people, uh, whether it's in sports or in life, you know, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I'm a big Brendan Bichard fan. And these yes. guys dedicate their, their their life to helping other people. And those are the top, you know, top, top uh, uh, life coaches, if you will. But there are other people who are doing it on a smaller level. And that's great stuff because they're giving 
you know, when you see a motivational quote that comes across your screen, maybe you're in a down day as a kid and you read that and you're like, man, it's not that bad. So, like, I definitely see it in, in two veins, but I think as kids, especially younger kids, there needs to be either they're doing it or their parents are, are training them training them up on how to ha- how to have a disciplined mind and a discerning mind as to actually what's coming in, what they're viewing. Because it can get it can get a little shady if, if they just keep, you know, comparing themselves to other people. That's not healthy. Oh, no, I, I hear you, man. I mean, it's so funny, dude, uh, the way you are and the way you're wired. I love it. Um, I'll go – we'll be driving to a basketball game, and I'll put on Tony Robbins. I'll put on Les Brown, Andy uh-huh. Johnson, Eric Thomas, Bob Proctor – um, and my son's just like, what are you doing? I'm listen. I'm That's like, awesome. I'm like, dude, listen, right you need to listen to this right now. Like you need to listen right now. And he's just like, okay, okay. I'm like, you need to listen. Like this dude is throwing heat at you right now. Or this woman is throwing heat at you right now. Like That's great. That's great stuff. I love it. Yo, dude, all the time. Like stuff that they preach is crazy. It's crazy. Yep. I love it. Like, like for instance, I was, I was just driving to the gym in the morning at four thirty in the morning yesterday, and Eric Thomas told me flat out. He was just like through his words. He was like, uh, like don't give a damn about what any guy says or thinks of you. The only person you should care. What they think about you is God. And I was like, wow, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, to me, that was just like, it was like mind-blowing almost, you know? Absolutely, man. They have great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I really do. How do you connect with a player, like a one-on-one basis, like, I mean, it's really tough to connect with a 13-year-old. I mean, and sometimes it might be really hard to connect with a 21-year-old high-level five-star player. How do you, how are you able to connect and get on their path? So, it's, it's no matter what age you're dealing with, it all comes down to rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with, I can talk about the age group I've worked with is, more has been the college guys and um, some of the older pro guys. And, and uh, what I do with them is, you know, I don't do try to get into any work with them, work meaning mindfulness or uh, stuff like that, until for weeks. I'll sit there and not try to do any work. If I'm on a staff or I'm consulting, I'll just observe and I'll find things that they like, right? And, and I'll just start to build a relationship naturally and organically. Not in a way that, like, I'm trying to get something out of them, right? That's not really conducive. and That's not conducive at all, uh, frankly. So, and, that, and through that organic relationship, you build the trust. You build the trust, you build the rapport. That's, if, you know, as a, any sort of coaching, if you don't have trust, <clears throat> you don't have rapport, you're not getting anything done. Um, and so that's what I do first. And, I, and honestly, the younger kids as well, the high school kids and some of the middle school kids, kids I've worked with, the same sort of thing. Them, you have a little bit more of a captive audience because they're younger and, and it, you know, the older guys kind of think they know it all, which they don't, but they think they do. So, like, you kind of have to to coddle and build 
relationships a little bit more um, from my experience. And then, then once you have that trust and rapport established, then you can be like, look, man, or, or uh, look, man, like I see that you're struggling with your three-point percentage. You're not, you're not, you're not consistent. Or, or you're, I see you might be, you know, getting a little nervous before games. Like I've helped people with that. Like, would you want to try something a little bit outside of the box? Because maybe you've tried everything else to see if you can solve that problem. And generally, if they like you and they trust you, they're going to say yeah. And then you get in and do the work. Nice. I like that. I really do. Um, best piece of advice a coach gave you? Uh, do what you love and love what you do and be a service. Wow. Bottom line. Bottom I, line. I love that. What coach gave you that? <laughs> that wasn't a basketball coach. That was that was a coach that basically coaches performance, for lack of a better way to say it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, man, like uh, um, it, it, that that's that's bottom line. That's 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 what I've gotten. It's more of like a business coach, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, man, that's that's how I try to approach things. Nice. All right. So favorite Jordan to rock since you're from. Chapel Hill. Favorite Georgia Rock, huh? Yep. Um, can I throw Chuck Taylors in there or no? Well, you can throw Chuck Taylors in there that you want to rock all day long, but I need your Jordan too because I like Chucks. You you want to rock Chucks all day long? Not all day long, but I love them, man. These are my go-tos. Um, I'd say uh, uh, that leathers. I think those are the 11s, right? I love yes. those things. The white and black ones, that colorway, uh, like... I'm giving you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you negative points because you said I think they're patent leathers, and you're from Chapel Hill. You should have been like, (laughs) I want the number eleven patent leather North Carolina elevens. So boo boo for you. You get a negative point on that one. (laughs) No problem. No problem. (laughs) I got a message. You favorite player of all times. Uh, All time. So it's a split between Michael Jordan and Pistol Pete. It can't be Jordan because you don't even know his shoes. Say it again? I said it can't be Jordan because you don't even know his shoes. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm not a super duper sneakerhead, but um, yeah, no, I know. I, I, it really is, again, growing up, as I mentioned before, Michael Jordan and Pistol Pete were my guys, and I think it's a split, it's a split right down the middle between those guys. Okay, that's fine. Favorite move to use in a game you ever use? Like, what's your number one move to use? Everybody's got a move. Absolutely. Tim Hardaway crossover is is still, still, still the best crossover of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Yes! I love the killer crossover. I show my son that all the time. He's like, ugh. My son, he's a good dribbler, but he's not like the nasty kill you off off the dribble. He's more of a like... Let me come off a screen, hit the three. Let me uh, come off two double action screens, pop out three, or, or like, you know, one dribble pull mid-range. And he's one of those kids. So, yes. I love the Tim Hardaway uh, killer crossover. I love it. Love it. Yeah, that's the best. Okay. Uh, la- uh, I got a few more questions. Um, lastly, website. Where, what is your website and tell everybody where they can see you, follow you, um, all that good stuff. So my website is MindRightPro, so mind like your mind, M-I-N-D, right, 
right not left r-i-g-h-t pro p-r-w dot com and my twitter handle is mind right underscore pro um i share a bunch of uh mental performance hacks tips and, and leading edge stuff there so uh if you're interested uh please do uh check me out oh i love it man i love it hey coach thank you for being on my show you absolutely dropped heat knowledge destroyed it all of that good stuff. Thank you so much. Oh, wait a minute. Your yeah. Your last post, I absolutely loved it. Your mind must arrive at your destination before your life does. That's absolute heat. I absolutely adore that. I like live my model by that. Thank you so much for that. What made you post that? I just uh, again I. I... Like you mentioned, I follow Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, these sorts of uh, 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 coaches. And it's very important, I think, to share what they're doing because it not only helps people that are basketball players, but it helps our kids and it helps players. So however I can add value and be of service, that's what I look to do. Well, Coach, I mean, you're you're impacting my life, my son's life, Uh, life all around, man. I just... I. All I can say is thank you. Thank you for what you do. And uh, on that note, we are out, my man. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much.